welcome back to Mediums in Action with me, Martin Lake Wilson, and my good friend and super expert medium, Ian Doherty. Hello, Martin. It's nice to hear from you, mate. I hope you had a nice, calm week, and hello to everybody who's listening. Yeah, I've, I've had not a bad week at all. Just uh, just kind of reconnecting, really. Just that, um, do you know, I suppose it's like post-traumatic stress uh, disorder in that, I, but nothing compared to what the experiences people have. But, do you know, after you feel you feel a bit stressed and a bit damaged and uh, you need to take some time out for yourself. I, I felt like that this week and uh, I feel a bit more rewarded. I don't, I don't know how you feel. Yeah, no, it's very much the same. I'm putting myself first. You know, obviously, being in this line of uh, line of work, it isn't uh, a money-making uh, ploy, you know, so um, you've got to balance your funds. You know, and at times are thinking, well, I don't want to be doing phone phone readings, whatever, for 10 or 15 hours a day. So I want to get that balance in my mind and, you know, sort of think I'm putting myself first more. Like when you're, when you're doing some phone readings, you're privy and you're trusted with somebody else's life for however long that call is. Um, and sometimes it's being deep, you know, so I have to go away and sort of thinking, well, I'm bloody lucky, you know, and sitting down and, uh, and not having to be, in that situation you know all of the time because of all all the trouble and the turmoil that's been caused by covid and in certain points it still is the spirituality in the work that we do you know mediums uh, doing your podcasts and stuff we still you know it hasn't stopped for us you know it's still been the same but it's it's got a lot heavier and i think that at times you know in a negative point people want want the answers they want you to fix their life there and then and that way is heavy on one soul i think so um it's been more of sort of not in a selfish way of putting myself first but making sure that my that my mental health my emotional health and as you said being nurtured um talking communicating spirit side i think also as well as ian is um a part of giving readings is just being there for the people who phone you so they can communicate the issues that they've got in their life because you know everybody says it's good to talk and and it is it's incredibly good to you know oh, a problem yeah. a problem shared is a you know it really helps um so there's that aspect to to it and obviously then there's the reading that comes with it and uh, and i know certain mediums quite well quite a few mediums who have suffered uh, uh, kind of burnout really where what was happening is they weren't doing too many readings but what they were doing was actually taking on board what people were talking about and then carrying on the emotional effects of that reading as well I think they had increased stress because of that because they took on board what the people were experiencing and, and couldn't shake it off it's a bit like actors you know some actors get yeah. so much involved in a particular role that the stressful situation that they're in can often affect people's personal lives because they don't drop the role, you know. And that, that's, yeah. I think, people like Heath Ledger, uh, who played Joker, after he played Joker, he couldn't drop the role. He, he was permanently buzzing. And sadly, I think he, he turned to uh, taking tablets, painkillers and things like that. So it's a strange thing. And as you say, anybody who, who deals in counselling or, or communicating with the public... I think you do really need to uh, look after your personal side and uh, yeah. and be able to walk away from that and do something completely different. Definitely. I think that's where maybe your painting comes in, your, your art. Well, and, I was um, thinking about that. Yeah, definitely. Although it's, you know, it's definitely working spirit side, but it's so, um, it's, it's hard to put into terms. It's like I'm 
I'm so calm, I'm there, I'm aware of what's going on, but I'm just the, uh, going with the uh, flow, you know, and it just seems uh, as if it's painting by sense, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I just know something needs to be there, something needs to be here, and it takes your mind off it. What, what sorts of messages are coming through at the moment? Because I, I, I kind of see your artwork as a little bit of a litmus test of mm. what's happening in the greater oh, consciousness. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because yeah. I often feel, you know, sometimes we, we've talked about this, how as a medium you can often be buffered yes. by the consciousness. And, and what we mean by that is sometimes you might feel a down on a particular day and not realise why. And and then you discover actually quite a few people are feeling quite down at the moment. Or And, yeah. and often I've seen in your paintings, I've seen that, that there's often correlation, I felt, in, in with the general consciousness feeling of how it is. And, and yeah. So, so yeah, I, I kind of, it's, it's, I say it's a little bit like a litmus paper in that I can see what's kind of happening. So that's, yeah, that's why I like your artwork. Oh, thank you. Yeah, there's, there's, as you would imagine, there's a lot of romance and there's a lot of people wanting to make sure that their work is there, you know, and, uh, but the one thing that is, you know, without sort of coming over negative or down, the one thing that comes through with all, with most of the readings, you know, from Spirit, that as we go through and hopefully come out of this uh, COVID, depending on the engine variant, um, then it is very much, everything's just going to go bang, it's going to go boom, you know, it's, um, there's, uh, there's a real thirst, people are thinking, well, I've had to sit on my bottom for one and a half years, I've had to do this, I'm not willing to put up with it and they're out there doing things they're grabbing life you know so there's a massive upturn i do feel i think what what's happening with people is that they are now it's giving them that zest for life yes. where before we you know we've never had something so shake up the world like this obviously apart from the world wars and, and things like that yeah but this has been a real big shake-up certainly for the western world and i'm, I'm hoping that that, that there's a, a steer towards the less sort of divisive world. I, th- I really do not like social media in that how dividing it's making everybody. We, we all have different opinions and we've all got different ideas about the world. But what social media is doing is, is allowing the magnification of certain beliefs that really shouldn't be allowed to bloom. What we should be doing is, you know, we should be trying to connect with each other and we should try to be working with each other for a better future rather than that person against this person, this, you know, organisation against that. I think that there is middle ground. And and I think it was Matthew McConaughey, I saw him the other day, saying, you know, people keep asking me, am I left? Am I right? Am I this? Am I that? And he said, you know what? I'm in the middle. He said, I'm walking down the middle of the road at the moment. It's empty. Everybody's defining themselves either through politics or belief, and nobody's in the middle. And it takes bravery to stand in the middle and look at the whole bigger picture and try to have a stronger road where, you know, you accept everybody's faults, but also as well is that we try to work together as as humanity, you know. Yeah, that's very, very powerful, you know. Yeah, I, 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 I liked it because, you know, it's one of those things. I think we're in a changing world and, I, and, I, I, and sadly... You know, through various reasons over this last 10 years, certainly since the financial crash, there's been a hell of a lot of uncertainty and disruption and, you know, it's and and violence as well. Yeah. And in in all all nations, not just the UK or America, but, you know, there's it's all around the world and, and things have got to change. 
But I, I, I've often seen that in your, your, I mean, I remember a picture from two, three years ago that you did. And it was at the time, I thought it was showing sort of a modern day, a sort of modern feel, but showing aspects of the older, the, the older walls and, and things coming down. And, and I think that was talking about change. Do you know, it's it, to me, I looked at it and your interpretation might have been very different, but mm-hmm. I looked at it and I thought I can almost see the walls of the old coming down and, and, and a new brighter future. And I, yeah. And I, and I still hope that comes through. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. It's an interesting take on, on my artwork that Martin, it's nice that. So thank you for sharing that. Well, I, do you know, I, I sometimes, I mean, I've got your cards here as well and, and I, and I, you know, kind of go through, several times and, and i'll meditate on them and i'll see what messages come through and, and often i'll get another message i'll get a message from my guide come through and yeah and and kind of give an interpretation because i think certainly with cards whether tarot or whatever i mean we both said you know if you get tarot cards you know just throw the booklet in the way in the, yeah, yeah. which most uh, tarot purists would be absolutely furious about <laughs> but um yeah but you know i like your cards because i can i can take I could take what you've written about it and give myself a reading about it or give myself a, an insight, but also as well as I can use the interpretation as well with the guidance that you've given in the booklet as well. So, so yeah, I, th- I think they're great. Let's do a little plug in. Have you got a few left that people couldn't buy from you? Yes, I have. I uh, and been in mind of the of the uh, situation, the COVID. They've actually done very, very well, you know. And I'm pumping my own trumpet here. Sorry, folks and folk S's. Um, they've gone as far away as Canada, Australia, the USA. They're uh, all over the UK. They're in Belgium, uh, Southern Ireland, you know. So they are there. Um, I I do have some packs left. And you, if you want to get in touch with me via Facebook, Aura-ARTZ is my handle on Facebook. And you can order them direct from me. They're not available in shops. Okay, folks. Yeah, I'll put a link on the uh, podcast description as well. So if you want to Thank look you. at Ian's, Ian's cards uh, or order from him, uh, you will not be disappointed. They are a fantastic. Uh, they're, they're quite large as well, which is great because the, the level of detail and depth to them really comes out of the cards as well. Thank you, Martin. It's really good. So, Ian, I, I don't know if you've ever seen a man with long hair. He's got his eyes closed and he's giving a reading to somebody. He sits there and he claims that he's walking down a massive library. He finds a book. He puts that book on the table and he starts scanning through the pages and he starts reading from them. And he claims that he's in a mystical realm called the Akashic Records. And from these Akashic Records, the book that he's looking will tell him what's gone in the past, what's happening now and what will happen in the future. So have you ever had experiences with either people who claim to be reading from the Akashic Records or the actual Akashic Records themselves? A uh, very interesting question, Martin. Uh, I, I I have some basic knowledge of the uh, Akashic Records, and I've, and I've seen one or two people claim, you know, purport that they are doing it, you know, and, uh, and I'm, I am open-minded, but seeing said people do it has left me a little bit sort of what the hell is going on, you know, uh, eyes closed, imagining turning the leaves of a book, and then suddenly, oh, look, a pair of red shoes, and that sort of thing, and I thought, what is, what is going on here, you know what I mean, so I did want to do a little bit of research, you know, 
questions posed or stuff like this, you know, because I had cause a little while ago to think, well, what is it? Because I have a very diverse amount of friends and some of them are Hindu and they sometimes talk about it. They link it with karma and they talk about how we can therefore put things right if we've done something wrong you know and it's and it's in the, is it in our records and that and i just uh, i just found it of what you call it interest you know stemming back for thousands of years it's mentioned in the bible the book of life and i was a little bit naive i dare i dare say i thought it was coming over towards ancient egypt you know and where where you know the sort of cradle of civilization around that area and like i say it's it is hindu based i think in the what do you call it the books the Upishanads, i think i'm sorry if i got that wrong people who were who were listening who were, he, who were hindu but it's very much of to be honest you know when you look at um, madame blavatsky helena blavatsky i think it's another way of twisting ancient eastern theology uh, into western civilization so i feel mm. a lot of it and where the problem is it's all mixed up isn't it matthew what's your what's your point of view in this there's two parts to this the use of the akashic records or the belief that you're using the akashic yes. records which i'll talk about in a minute with you and then there's the historical perspective. No doubt the Akashic Records, you know, it didn't really exist until Blavatsky. A book in which there is a life, that your life is in there or your death, that goes back a long time. You know, yeah. there's, ma there's many sort of claims in, as you say, in the Bible or the, the Book of Life, the Book of Death, the Tibetan Book of Dead. Yeah. There's all these sorts of things where allegedly there's a book with a life, your life in there and you can access it. So that is a, I would say, a, a sort of a religious semi-folkloric belief that has expanded over time. OK, yeah. so. Yeah. So that's come from somewhere that, you know, it's, it's centered into, as you say, into Christianity, into uh, some of the uh, what what. The Western society says Hindi uh, Hindu beliefs, and then what has obviously happened is obviously there was a huge explosion uh, in the occult or into uh, Indian te uh, uh, techniques of uh, yeah. meditation, chakras, as people call them. Mm -hmm. I, I always say chakra, uh, and chakra is is what I call modern day belief of what people yes. think chakra, uh, what people think chakras are. Yeah, the actual word is chakra. So my feeling is, and certainly what I'm I, I kind of know is, and I think we kind of said this is it won't surprise me if Blavatsky was involved, and, and lo and behold, she was, and and I think even that she invented the word as well, Akasha. Um, yeah. She actually invented the word, and she she believed it was, she I think she imagined Akasha to be a bit like Moses's uh, Moses tablets, that these were tablets that were held in heaven or or somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. Now, she didn't call them Akashic, but she called them Akasha, the, the Akasha. And, yeah. and these were tablets that were held in in, uh, in some area. But Blavatsky wasn't alone. She had a society of uh, theosophists. I yeah. can never say that. I can never say theosophy. Yeah, well. yeah. And instrumental in that are several authors who all wrote on the same themes. And as we've talked about before, like with chakras, is that they, Im they influence their writing by the Christianity that they were born yeah. into. Yes, definitely. And that's same with Blavatsky, that's same with Henry Steele Alcott, uh, C.W. Ledbetter, uh, mm. who was around at that time. And C.W. Ledbetter, obviously, you probably know him from writing yeah. Clairvoyance. Yeah, spiritualism, yeah. 
Yeah, so you know, Ledbetter was heavily involved in there, and and all of them put kind of took ideas from Blavatsky, what she was talking about. Well, how does that fit within the Hindu religion, which they heavily borrowed on and heavily wrote about? So they wrote about Buddhist belief, they wrote about esoteric Buddhism, they also wrote about. You've also got people talking about, you know, Henry, um, sorry, Arthur Avalon wrote one of the first books on chakras and Kundalini. Yeah. And they tied it together, essentially. They they try to tie all of this together. And, and people have done that before. You know, people have tried to tie chakras in, into the tree of life of the Jewish tradition. But these are two very different <laughs> traditions. And yeah. you can't you can't mix chakras with the tree of life and and kind of imagine that would work um so so yeah it's a real big mishmash but it was actually very very uh influential because the i mean obviously blavatsky society was international and it it took off because there was a there was definitely a black hole at that time in the belief system pre-world war one and people started dabbling in the occult, the paranormal. It's the birth of Ghost Club. It's the birth of SPR. William was, you know, kind of starting off, what, 1880, yeah. was it? 1885 or something like that? He yeah, was. It'd be, it'd be after 1881. You know, that was it, exactly. So this is the time, you know, in, in fact, in 1881 was, uh, was two. In fact, 1881 and 1882 are two of the biggest books that mention Akashic. Yeah. And and actually, they said Buddha was was apparently linked to the Akasha, the Nirvana. And mm-hmm. that was that was 1881 and 1883. So I have no doubt that actually William was aware of those. Uh, yeah. Those yeah. as well. It, it was a real black hole time. And it was filled with this Eastern knowledge that was heavily Christianized. But like chakras, there's a problem. Yeah. Because what happened was because India was essentially taken over by the British and India became a British uh, member of the British Empire. What happened was the beliefs went back. So they, they came from India. They were Christianized. They were added with, with Blavatsky's influence. And then these texts went back. Yeah. So the, the problem is, is from sort of 1910 onwards, and especially after the independence, I think, was in 1946, but don't quote me on that. But then what we have is a situation where there are some parts in India where people are, are talking about the original aspects of the Yoga Sutras, the ones that are unchristianized. Yeah. And then there are also people who also talk about the Yoga Sutras that have been Christianized and are linked to the history of Atlantis and all that sort of thing. So... It doesn't make sense to me from a historical perspective. Oh, That's my point. <laughs> oh, but I think it's I think it's ancient beliefs. You know, uh, Mahatmas. You know, where I think it comes down as great souls or Theosophy, meaning divine wisdom and that. But I do feel here it started whereby because even spiritualism now has on some of its courses the required reading is Madame Blavatsky. You know, so even in the, looking at that past coming into a, into the modern times, they still want to look after her, look at her influence on uh, mediumship, spiritualism, spirit. Um, I don't think it was with Alan Car- Alan Car- Kardec and spiritism, but you're looking at it at it all, and I just feel here it's been lumped in, molded into what what was deemed to be 
needed at that time. You know, it's a sort of blossoming out of, of Christianity away from the Christ and that sort of thing. So I do feel here there must have been a need for it, for it to be taken up so much. Yeah, th- I think there was a need. And it's interesting that spiritualism only took uh, foothold in, in the UK through the lower classes. And yes. that wasn't because the lower classes were thick or stupid, as, as I've, I've actually read in one description of why spiritualism took, took place. But I think it was because it was closely linked with the unions of the time, believe it or not. And it was, I think, what it was is you imagine... And, and I've been doing my ancestry recently. And it's interesting because you have generation after generation after generation, three, four generations, all working and living in the same place. The degradation and the suffering of working in the mills or working, uh, you know, in steel or coal or yeah. anything like yeah. that. You imagine that. And then somebody comes along and starts giving you a bigger insight into the world. So. Uh, so this is before we've even talking about talked about the spirit world, but they start giving you a greater insight that in India and in Tibet there are these beliefs that they believe two thousand four thousand years ago that this 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 and that yeah. and that there is a greater life beyond the constraints of what you're living uh, here. Yeah. And then secondly, they're able the first spirit mediums are are they giving readings from people who are saying, do you know what, do you know things are going to change, give people inspiration, and you look at what happened how strong i'm sure there is a social history link between greater power to the unions mm-hmm. that came off the back yeah. of the rise of spiritualism yeah definitely because spiritualism was 1848 uh you know it, it came from hydesville in december 1847 to march 1848 um and it came over here in uh i do believe it, it was that been, lady wasn't it i forgot what her name was it wasn't um, arlene barrett was it no Maria hayden in 1852 uh, that she, was it and she was in she was in bradford if i remember correctly and uh nottingley i think she went to um, yeah she 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 did a lot i think she went to london first uh and was slated by the by the press and then the first spiritualist church in Keithley in West Yorkshire sprung up. And it all came from it all came from there. That's why they look at Yorkshire, both the West, uh, West Yorkshire, you know, well Yorkshire in general, you know, East, North, South, West is the lifeblood of of the spiritualist movement within the UK. But that came over there when he was giving people hope, uh, understanding. Oh, there must be a greater life because. It's not just about saying hello, your mum's missing you. It's it's to be with you know, it's to do with the philosophy, the ethos, you know. We should be helping each other because, you know, you're looking at it very sort of influenced with some of the teachings of of it, of being cooperative, you know, helping each other. You help me, you help you, and that sort of thing. So I feel that was that that could have been a union's influence, certainly. Maybe as well. It it kind of influenced parents as well. Yeah. To to seek out education for their children as education became more and more compulsory that the I mean, I mean, there was definitely a real big change. And it's interesting that that change happened, you know, sort of 20 years, 25 years before the First World War. And then obviously there was a huge increase in spiritual spiritualism, I I think, mainly in London. I think I think that's when London really took up the the spiritual Definitely. when when major figures lost their children their adult children yeah. in first world war that's when uh, mediumship really took off there and it's interesting that 
the First World War, on the back of the First World War, Germany, that's when they really got into the occult. There, there had been a number of occult groups in Germany yeah. pre-1910, pre but post-1910 to the Second World War, and that's why Adolf Hitler was heavily influenced in the occult. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially the you know kind of um you know the kind of uh, germanic people and, and yeah, you know yeah, you kind of yeah, use that but that. also as well is that you know the swash sticker it is actually you know a hindu sign of good luck you know he put that on his flags so we know that there was big cultural changes at that that time that came from spiritualism blavatsky uh, the influence of Indian texts as well, more and more as essentially as Britain invaded India and forcibly took it over. Yes, there was Indian texts coming over, religious texts coming over to Britain, and there was a greater knowledge of of. Uh, we started practicing yoga, although I do have a magazine. I think it's Prediction Magazine from 1910 or something, and it says that it's black magic. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yoga, uh, it's it's potentially dangerous for females to do yoga because it's black magic, which is interesting. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine uh, going doing yoga with Adrian, who's a very famous uh, YouTuber, uh, Adrian, uh, female uh, yoga tutor? Can you imagine accusing her of black magic now because she's teaching yeah. yoga? So, but yeah. um, so there was all this influx, and and I think there was a hole to be filled from a spiritual perspective, yes. and. That's where the first seeds of this Akashic Records belief came into. And and I wouldn't say it's massively popular now, but there are still people. And it's interesting. I, I did a bit of research to see who offers Akashic Records. I found somebody who we mutually know, who I won't name. Yeah. And then I also found somebody in America who does Black Magic Chakra readings and Akashic readings. Yeah. I don't know what that means. I mean, to me, let, let, let's talk about this. So... If they're not accessing Akashic Records, yeah, what are they actually accessing? Because I would say that the person we are both talking about, we, we both commented that he might not be the most accurate uh, yeah. person, but he does get hits and he does, you know, kind of, he does, he, he does give readings to people. Mm-hmm. If he's still getting that information, what's happening then? What is he actually accessing if he's not accessing the Akashic Records? Yeah, I think it's like um, like a global consciousness, you know, because when you when you think about it, you know, it's uh, we are, you know, whilst we're in the physical body and we're and our spirit, our soul, if you wish, is housed, you know, within this this earthly body. It becomes muted as into what it can and can't do. You know, it's it's got to um, fit into a it's got to co it's got to coalesce into something that's not its first sort of natural medium pattern upon. So. I do feel here it's still that sort of access where we can sort of um, uh, tap into to information, whether you call it universal energy, uh, universal conscious consciousness, because there's a, there's a lot of information given through readings. You know that is how did you know that? Oh yes. You know, not only so-and-so is going to call at this time or you've got that or tell about a person, something's going to happen, bringing bringing mother, grandmother, whatever through and being very evidential. So that has got to be the spirit world overlaid, impinging onto ours. So the information's got to come there. I think it's the belief when in the physical body that I must be reading Akashic records, you know, rather than thinking, where is it coming from? Um, could 
if I talk to my guides, could could it be, well, actually, what it comes from is this. You're able to access this, this, this. Is it to do with 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 your own the knowledge of your own spirit is to do with your frequency all your vibration i don't like using that but it fits in this way are we able to use a certain amount depending on our on the development you know the evolution be better word the evolution of our of our own soul and what we can or cannot access you know maybe our previous lives if you believe in uh, in reincarnation lets us have access to more information you know maybe it's that way but i feel the physical um, life, we'd like to put labels on things. So, oh, I'm getting it from the um, Akashic Records because it makes me sound better. I kind of think certainly that there are mediums who try to create niches for themselves. Yes. Um, to try to try and stand out. Um, so, you know, we've had the people's medium, we've had the gangster medium, we've had, you know, kind of world's youngest medium and all this sort of yeah. stuff. So that th- th- there are these niches and i think akashic records is is quite an easy niche for people to choose it is. I, I i think my feelings are is as you say if they've been taught that this is this is how you access this information from either spirit or, or what the global consciousness they've been taught a visualization exercise so they have yeah. been told imagine a library imagine you walking yeah. down Definitely. Imagine a, a book that stands out to you. Pick that book. What colour is that book? How does it feel? Is it light? Is it heavy? And then suddenly you are then into no different from picking a tarot card because you pick a book. Is it heavy? Oh, this is somebody who's quite old. This is somebody yeah, you know who's got a life, a, 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 a long life expectancy. Is it red? Is it gold? Is it black? Is it, you know, you start your readings beginning there and then. You put the book onto the table, you open it up and you can whisk through and you begin to see certain things. To me, you're right in what you say about this could be just a visualization exercise that eases the pathway in which we can access. It's essentially, it's easing the way how we can access the global consciousness. I would also argue that what could be happening is that this person is essentially talking to spirit but doesn't realize yes yeah very very much so and it's their it's their need to clothe it in a uh, in a label a title so they can give you know they can have or seek direction oh this is how i work i i totally agree and and i think i think it's one of those things that either they've been taught that way and they are stuck that way but i think if the people we know who do akashic records Mm -hmm. if they actually thought Okay, I'm going to try and communicate with my guide and then I'm going to ask them to bring through information and I'm trying to bring through spirit. They might actually have far more accurate readings. And secondly, they might actually be able to give some descriptions of the person who's actually giving giving the message, because that's what is very impersonal Akashic Records. Mm -hmm. uh, and, And what I'm thinking is. This might also be, as as we've talked about in the past, is that you, Ian, are very analytical. You come from a, a job that you you had to use your analytical mind. And therefore, when you are doing your mediumship, you're very much on the details. You know, you're, you're, it's all about the detail for you. And that's because that's how you're built. You know, that's your, yeah, it's your, your mental pathway. Yeah. Now, could it be that some people who do the Akashic Records, the reason why they like the Akashic Records is because it removes any personability, that there's no yeah. connection with the person. 
yeah. it's very impersonal i think akashic records because essentially you're visualizing yourself reading a book saying whatever you see and whatever you feel without a connection with spirit or connection with the reader it's taken the responsibility that that medium has ethically to be as honest as they can to bring through that evidence in the best way that they can and your mediumship you know is clouded by your own personality as you just evidence with me maybe it's a distance thing you know or oh, oh it's it's the book if somebody says oh no that's uh, wrong well it's what it's it's what's in the your book so therefore i'm not taking personal responsibility that is take it or don't essentially i think i don't want to say akashic records is rubbish or anything like that there is a grounding in, in belief that yeah. there is a record a book whether it looks like a physical book on a library and you can open it up and you can say oh there's a pair of red shoes here or whatever <laughs> or that i can see a living room with curtains in it i don't think that is the case to me it's a visualization exercise in which you are connecting Mm-hmm. with consciousness but yeah. that consciousness might not be just like a global consciousness that sits there that we can access like a hall of records but what it might actually be it might actually be spirit and there is a missing out you're only seeing the communication you're not seeing the bigger picture i don't think no no that's it um, do I, um i had to i share some words if i may martin i had to sit down when I was waiting for uh, delivery to come, not not pizza though. Okay, folks. Um, <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> yeah. And my uh, and my uh, guys just um, said something very 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 quickly here because Cassius records again th- through the Hindu and Buddhism belief, you know, is reincarnation karma, you know. And it was the way it was put to me is, is the soul a repository of all its lives? But if we if we accept reincarnation as fact, then all lives lived by the same spirit have their imprint within the fabric of its being. Can it therefore be accessed through an extremely deep meditative mind? All the deeds that have been done could therefore have an impact upon said lives. Having the opportunity presented to right what we deem to be wrong, karma, is time linear in our world? Yes. However, when taking on the concept that it is a ball, uh, you know, a circle, 360 degrees in every direction, maybe time itself is a figment of our own earthly manifestation. Excellent. That's really good. You'll have to write that up for us, Ian, and uh, we'll have to put it on, uh, on the Facebook page. It's really good. And uh, and that came. did that come from William as well? Yes. I think we'll leave it with uh, William's discussion. I, as a, I, I'll just say just we are not poo-pooing anybody's belief in Akashic Records or anything. But what we are saying is, is if you're thinking of going into Akashic Records, just have a look at the bigger picture. Have a look at whether it, it's, it's like mediums who, you know, kind of still get get the pendulum out or yeah. joke. <laughs> it's, yeah it's like why are you doing that you know you can know it's, it's, it's very much is the akashic records a crutch for some person who is very much uh not willing to to go out that extra bit of a limb and connect more fully with spirit or how they how they deem are they using that as like you know as a sort of like i say something to sort of lean on basically yeah totally agree totally agree i hope you enjoyed that everybody and if you've got questions, um, we are always looking for subjects to talk uh, talk about. And to be honest, me, myself and Ian, we, we'll have a chat and we'll say, oh, we don't really have much to talk about next week. And then by the time we finish chatting, we've planned out 12 months. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so 
if you can if you've got any questions please let us know we did we did one on uh, on a student's experiences a couple of weeks ago and that was very well received we're glad a lot of people got a lot from that uh, particular episode but if you want us to discuss particular areas of mediumship clairvoyance or psychic ability please let us know again do you know i i think personally ian we should be chatting about the medium who i saw this morning who is married yes. to the ghost of michael jackson i was thinking the same yeah she's married to the ghost of michael jackson uh she plays minecraft and uh trucking simulator with an astral projection from johnny depp uh, and she also runs an only fan site as well. So uh, yeah. a, a fascinating person, I think. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a bit sort of uh, wanted to run away from that, I think. But <laughs> I, I know. I, can you imagine if we did do a podcast on that? I think uh, yeah. any credibility would, <laughs> would go out. Yeah, the way. It would, wouldn't it? It would be similar to doing the, uni- the Unicorn King and Queen, you know. It would be, yeah. And... Just uh, one last thing before we go. I'll tie this up. But I just want to thank everybody, whether you downloaded just one episode or whether you've downloaded all of our episodes. Thank you ever so much. We reached 100,000 downloads this week. It's taken us since uh, the beginning of November 2017. Yep, we've been going uh, that long. And uh, I think we've got 52 uh, uh, episodes now. I just want to thank everybody, and I'm sure Ian does as well. But oh, I, I definitely thank you. I, I just want to thank any, everybody, whether you downloaded one, two, three, or whatever, or you clicked like, or you helped us along the way. And for all the special people who've uh, purchased our courses or bought us coffees, our donation system, it all helps. And and above all, what really does help is all the lovely, kind words of support. Oh, definitely. Who, the reviews, everything that you've all done for us. We really appreciate it. We didn't do it for the download numbers. We did it just purely as a, it was one of those things where we said, well, let's let's do a podcast and, you know, let's let's have a chat about mediumship because there was literally nobody doing anything about it. And uh, we just wanted to get together every week and, and have a good chat about mediumship. Yeah. yeah. And it's helped seeing through the uh, jargon, you know, because some of the feedback is, oh, thank you for helping me under, un- help me understanding more. Thank you for this. Thank you. Give me an insight into, uh, into things. And that is what, what Martin and I want. We want people to be helped. You know, it's not changing people's minds. It's helping them understand that, you know, there is mediumship. There is life after physical death. There is um, a lot of things to this, to this world you know and it's and it's very much cutting through the rubbish i was going to swear there cutting the cutting through the rubbish that is all brought up all the jargon the self-belief look at me i'm better you know and seeing it for what it is absolutely and and the important thing for us is is that people are getting something from from this podcast it's not about profile it's not about uh, our ego or confidence or anything like that it's about really that people are learning and even if they're questioning what we're saying, that's a positive as well, because we want you not to take things on to face value. But what we want you to do is to challenge things and yes. to grow as mediums that are open minded. And and that's the big key thing for us. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, Ian, you have a good week and, and you, you know, I'm sure you. we'll catch up uh, soon and uh, we'll run a uh, we'll have another podcast episode coming along soon. If you've got questions please drop us uh, an email or message us through Facebook and uh, and there'll be a new, another 
mediums in action very soon. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Bye bye. Thank you, Martin.